Thanks for tuning into the Songlines and Tan Lines podcast with Anthony Renfro. Those returning, thank you. Those new to this podcast, welcome. Now let's pull up the anchor and set sail. Well, we have arrived at what is probably my favorite Jimmy Buffett album, Florida Days. And if you were to ask me why it is my number one album, I honestly couldn't tell you exactly why. It just is. There is something about this album that just works for me. And there are a few songs on it that are very high up in the pantheon of Buffett songs for me personally. And those songs are Criolla, Florida's No Plane on Sunday, which also holds the mantra I try to live my life by, which is you can't do a damn thing about it. Just deal with it and make the best of the situation. And When the Coast is Clear, which is the time I love the most at the beach, when the crowds are gone and normalcy is starting to return. I guess maybe I did just give you a reason why this is so highly regarded in my record collection. Enough of that. Let's move this episode forward and give you some information about the album from Wikipedia. Floridaids is the 15th album by Jimmy Buffett. It was released in June of 1986 and was produced by Coral Reefer band member Michael Utley and recorded and mixed by Jay Rifkin. The title of the album is taken from the 1941 poetry collection of the same name by Don Blanding. The album marks the end of Buffett's shift toward a more country sound that characterized his previous two releases and a return to a sound closer to that of his late 1970s and early 1980s output. The album features a wider variety of musical instruments that was typical for Buffett's previous works, notably several songs with strings and horns. His daughter Savannah Jane Buffett is credited for playing many conga on the album. It was also his last studio album to feature Jimmy Buffett's trademark mustache before he shaved it off for the next album, Hot Water, in 1988. And Florida's reached number 67 on the Billboard 200 album chart and number 32 on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart. None of the album's three singles charted. A couple of things to pull from there. First, I love the fact that Savannah, who was seven at the time, played mini conga on the album. I bet she had a blast playing music with her dad. And I learned that she was born in Aspen, which is another Buffett tie-in to Colorado. And second, it is a crying shame, I mean a crying, crying shame, that none of the album's singles charted, if Wikipedia is to be believed. And here are those singles. I Love the Now, B-Side, No Plane on Sunday, Criolla, B-Side, You'll Never Work in Disbidness Again, Take It Back, B-Side, Flora Days. And Take It Back isn't on this album, but it is on the box set, Boats, Beaches, Bars, and Ballots. And that tells me that Jimmy cut that song for this album, but didn't put it out on there for some reason. I'm glad it's at least on the box set because it's a great tune and something else great. This gives me happy feet, folks. Really, really happy feet. Here it is. Every song on this album has seen 
the concert stage. Woohoo! That's an awesome fact to learn. And here is every single stat from every single song in concert, according to Setlist FM, where I get all my concert facts. Here are the songs. First look, 87 times. Criola, 79 times. Meet Me in Memphis, 57 times. Florida's, 53 times. You'll Never Work in Dis Business Again, 40 times. I Love the Now, 37 times. When the Coast is Clear, 36 times. If It All Falls Down, 25 times. No Plane on Sunday, 23 times. And Nobody Speaks to the Captain No More, 6 times. That's a low number, but at least it got a chance to shine. I would, of course, like to see all of those numbers much, much higher. And I thought, since Nobody Speaks to the Captain No More had only a tiny chance to shine, ever so brief chance to shine, that I would give it some love. He was a fugitive with a pseudonym Lost his mind in a hurricane Coconut outside his head People said he'd be better dead Cause his glory days were gone Sits on the shore with his saxophone and plays In another place, in another time He was a soldier in his prime On the battlefield, making history Young men died for his destiny And their widows came each day Till he was forced to run away This song was played live for the first time in June of 1986, and the last time it was played live was in November of that same year. Makes sense. Buffett would have been playing songs from this album throughout that touring season, and if you dive back into the archives of this podcast, you will find episodes on Criola, No Plane on Sunday, and I Love the Now, and I think that's all of them. And while researching this album, I found Jimmy's note for the album on BuffettWorld.com. It reads, I have loved many lands and loved them well, changing chameleon fashion to the spell of each land's colors, rhythming my heart to each land's song, striving to be a part. And it says, From the poem to Florida, from the book Florida Days by Don Blanding. That was a good find, and BuffettWorld.com also said that Jimmy wanted to call this album Flora Days. That's F-L-O-R-I-D-A-Z-E. And that only two singles were released, not three. Take It Back wasn't mentioned as a single. Only I Love the Now and Criola were singles. Not sure who's right or wrong. If you know, let me know. I wouldn't mind clearing that up. And from allmusic.com, I found this nugget. It reads, 
and the musical style as can be heard from the beginning of the opening track, I Love the Nail, co-written by Buffett and Carrie Fisher, is pop rock with a Caribbean tinge. Buffett sometimes alters that style to accommodate the theme of a particular song, giving a Brazilian feel to First Look, which is about visiting Rio and a full-on Stax Records R&B arrangement, appropriately enough to Meet Me in Memphis. But this is a record by Jimmy Buffett in his familiar soft rock mode, not Jimmy Buffett the country crossover candidate. And that's a good idea, since Florida's is one of his more personal and self-reflective efforts, full of songs in which he waxes nostalgic, Crayola, or updates of old themes, Nobody Speaks to the Captain No More, as he did with It's My Job, he finds another songwriter to pin the album's most self-justifying song, If It All Falls Down, giving him plausible deniability if anyone takes offense. And he returns to bashing the entertainment industry in the comic closer, You'll Never Work in Dis Business Again. Of course, he is at least partially serious about that. The album's sleeve contains a notation at the bottom reading, 15 down and one to go. What does that mean? Well, if you count the live album Feeding Frenzy and his greatest hits LP, this is Buffett's 15th album for the label, once known as ABC Dunhill and now as MCA. Does he have only one record to go on a contract he doesn't plan to renew? So it would seem. Wonder if the folks in the marketing department at MCA have noticed the note, and if so, how it makes them feel about promoting Florida Days. You'd think, with an attitude like that, Buffett might just be cruising, as he has been accused of doing on occasion, but Florida Days is actually one of his better albums. Go figure. That was a great nugget to find, and it got me thinking about what the statement 15 down and one to go actually meant. Because it looks like Jimmy didn't start Mailboat Records until 1999. Adding more confusion to that statement, I noticed that in his 90s albums, Fruitcakes Forward were released on Margaritaville Records. Down the rabbit hole I went, and I discovered this after climbing out of that rabbit hole. And I think it helps to clear things up. Slightly. It's from wikiwand.com. Never heard of Wikiwand at all, but thank you, Wikiwand, for giving me this information. It states, Mailboat Records is an independent record label established in 1999 by Jimmy Buffett after his vanity label Margaritaville Records was absorbed by Island Records when they were sold to Universal Music Group, owner of Buffett's previous label, MCA Records. Mailboat's first release was Buffett Live Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays. My thinking is this. Buffett didn't take a break before releasing Fruitcakes, which I always thought he did. I think, don't know this as a fact, but I'm guessing that he was tied up in a record contract and he was trying to honor that obligation before releasing a new album. Maybe that's why he had a few greatest hits kind of releases before Fruitcakes in order to fulfill that obligation because it looks like he broke from MCA in the early 90s 
sometime after the release of the box set. Don't quote that as fact, but that's what I surmised from all this. What are your thoughts on 15 down and one to go? I would love to share those thoughts on the podcast. Let me drop anchor here and close out the episode. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you do enjoy what I do here, don't forget to rate and review this podcast once you finish the episode. And if you need to drop me a line on the Coconut Telegraph, you can find out how to do that in the show notes. Take care. Thanks for listening and have a great week.